right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And fired up today, man. We're talking the most iconic cars ever produced. When you think of a, a generation of cars, the title's got to go to muscle cars. Even even today's badass cars, they call them modern muscle cars, right? Yeah, man. I mean, there's just something about them. You know, obviously they're fast. They got performance. They got looks to them. But I, th- I think, and some of them aren't attainable, but a lot of them are. You know, they're relatable. I think mm-hmm. for muscle cars, we think of something, man, I, I might, if I scratch all my pennies together, if I saved up, I might be able to afford one of those. I could see myself driving one of those things and, you know, ripping it up, doing burnouts, doing all the cool stuff we think about. Yeah, man. And today on the podcast, we got a guy that knows all things muscle car. He does the biggest event in the world out there on the Vegas uh, Strip and Drag Strip. Uh, It's called Muscle Cars on the Strip. We have Phil Painter joining the podcast today, and uh, Phil knows a lot about muscle cars. And Phil, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate your time, man. Um, You know, Kevin and I were debating talking muscle cars today, and, you know, we both have this fascination over muscle cars, but it's something old. Uh, You know, if you're a little bit older, you love. If you're our age, you love. If you're a younger cat, you love. You know, I, I saw a kid this week driving a fastback Mustang um, that couldn't have been happier, man. And all of his friends were fascinated with the car as well. So it's really cool to see this era of cars have such longevity to it. What do you what do you think that is? Why do you think that is, boss? Well, I think because of the timeless style. And when you hear one coming, it quickens the beat of your heart. And the hair on your arm should raise if you're a real fan. And uh, that combination just works all the senses and it puts a smile on your face. It's like, wow, I got to have some of that. Yeah, man. So tell me a little bit about Muscle Cars at the Strip. This is a really cool event you've been doing out in Vegas for a long time. And you really put Muscle Cars against, you know, different brands against different brands, man, and let them eat to find out who's the baddest, who's the fastest, uh, who's the wildest car on property and premise. You just did your event for 2023. How was it? Give us a quick recap. Well, the event was great. It, was, uh, it looked like everybody was ready to come back and enjoy some sunshine in Las Vegas. And the drag racing uh, had a robust car count. The autocross was off the hook. 
and the the car show was very healthy so there was something there for everybody yeah man you know doing your muscle cars at the strip event you see a lot of cool classics a lot of cool cars um is there a platform or car that i don't know in your opinion reigns supreme do you see a cyclical wave in in the muscle cars and what's popular um is it always going to be the 69 camaro or is it always going to be a you know um a ford mustang uh or you know where the dodge boys come in when it comes to muscle cars what's hot what's not what's cyclical tell us a little bit about what you see what i see is when you talk about an iconic car first car that comes to my mind is a 68 hemi barracuda and when they roll out on the track, even today, that car just demands your attention. But one of the things I'm seeing uh, within the muscle cars is people are tired of 100-point show cars. They're finding out that those cars are more maintenance and they're not any fun. And we see a lot of people want to take their cars out and drive them. And probably the one place that that's uh, the most evident is in the autocross. Yeah. So we take the biggest patch of asphalt available at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway and Bird Racing out of Southern California uh, puts on our uh, autocross along with TCI. And I've got pictures of one of TCI's racers in a station wagon coming around the cones and actually pulling the front tires off of the ground. <laughs> station wagon. <laughs> that, that brings up a good point. You know, when we as we're talking here, right, we're thinking about um, – you know, some of the old muscle cars and, and maybe some of our favorites, our, our all-time favorites, you know, for the sort of the globe here. Does it change the fact of what they were originally and who was the big dog and who had the big block and how fast they were? And now you can take station wagons. You can take any one of those vehicles that were maybe subpar and you can bolt on all the right parts and you can bolt all the right engine stuff in there and you can make them scream like hell. Does that change our perception of what is kind of like an ultimate, you know, from the muscle car top 10. I think it adds too. Yeah. I think it just adds to the muscle car mystique and taking modern technology and putting in the, those older bodies and waking those cars up. Uh, I think that's a real bonus to the whole muscle car enthusiast platform. And, and you know, at some point it, it morphs from an era car to a muscle car i think you're probably thinking cars of that era that older nostalgic you know the way the gauge clusters were packed in the way the car had really cool lines uh big stainless steel you know chrome trim uh that would morph and mold into bumpers and and you know uh exploits of the car's fenders and air ducts and everything else um they really were over the top with styling and i think you know, some of the, the cars from that era are popular now, but that doesn't qualify them as, as a muscle car. But I don't know. We'll talk about it coming up next. we got to take a break. Phil Painter, Kevin Bird, Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast talking muscle cars, both old and new. We're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Phil Painter on. He runs a really cool event called Muscle Cars at the Strip. Now, this is where all these crazy cool cars, and you, Phil, you have them from all over the, the, the country come and battle it out, both modern muscle and classic muscle. We're talking about muscle cars, probably some of the coolest cars ever built in my mind, I think in a lot of people's mind. Um, but, you know, before we left there, we were talking about era cars and and seeing you know a station wagon 
come across an autocross turn with, you know, the front wheel hanging some, hanging some light under it. Uh, isn't it cool to watch people take older cars and morph them into purebred racing machines in, in a lamb's clothing, in a, you know, sheepskin? Well, absolutely. I think as technology changes in our lives, I think that's all being put into the cars. And, and you watch these guys tune these new modern motors. And they're getting more horsepower out of a smaller displacement. It's reliable horsepower. They can read what the car is going to do. They can program the car to do what it's going to do. It's efficient. It's fast. And it's rowdy. And I think that's why we're all embracing it. Yeah, man. Yeah, no doubt. When it comes to muscle cars, strictly, what do you see is still some of the top? Give me your top five when people ooh and ah a car that comes out. Um, they're on the Vegas Strip, or uh, when somebody brings one underneath the tower there, it comes out from that gate. Um, what are the cars that you see the biggest responses from? Uh, are they are they generally Camaros, uh, Chevelles, uh, any Chargers in the mix, I'm hoping, or is it always those ratchet Mustangs? Well, I, I think <laughs> you're going to find what you're looking for. One of the cars that uh, struck me as being beautiful was a 66 Supersport Chevelle car was all black with a set of chrome weld wheels on it and the car was set up right and the car had the right look and and you would i would just watch that car go down the track and just think to myself man i would love to have a car just like that and it's the same recipe that we've been looking at for 30 years or 40 years and it but it's still cool yeah i'm a fan i'm a fan you, you had me hooked on that one uh-huh you know and and i brought up that question uh before the break here you know with the ability to take because you know, some of the aura of an old car is, you know, how it performed, right? There was a battle between, you know, Mopar, Chevy, uh, Ford, and, you know, all the muscle cars. And then there were some that, you know, they just weren't up to snuff, but maybe they had great designs, but they didn't have the overall package. Well, now you can build whatever you want. So does that elevate a few of these rides, right? Does all of a sudden, you know, we, we maintain our favorites because they've always been cool. Uh, yeah. but are there new ones that are being added to the list? Has it become not just the top 10, but the top 30, you know, because now, right. It's a whole kind of era of, of piecing things together and creating maybe new versions of. There was never a time in high school, right? So you can look at it like this. Every 67, 68, 69 Camaro was cool as cool could be in high school. There was never a point in high school where a 73 Vista Cruiser was cool, but a 73 Vista Cruiser today, bomb, baby. That thing's on point. With patina and a wheel coming off the ground in a turn? Yes. You know? Yeah, the torque thrust. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, with the right stance, those things are so cool because you're right, man, with – Today's technology, um, you could, man, you could get a rocking drivetrain, something that really performs, allows you to have some fun, and put it in a package that nobody expects, that's wild from back in the day, wouldn't, would never be on an autocross course, but now you could just wow everybody around because it's doing it and doing it in the righteous way, and you could build them with suspensions, but they still have that era-correct feel, look. Um, you know, dude, I, I've done an autocross course. This car behind me, is a 70 uh, Roadrunner with bench seats. I do autocrosses in that thing all the time, <laughs> and I got to put it on my lap belt so it holds me in place or I'll slide all the way across the, the, the bench seat. It's just something you never see, right? So it's wild to, to put it in, in an infield or a, a race scenario that it's, it wasn't born in, into, uh, and that's what makes it so cool. Well, oh, absolutely. We had a Rambler show up and go in the Nostalgia Superstock class 
that t- twisted more than one neck around. Everybody looked at it and thought, "What was that?" And the car was done right, and it was it was a fun ride to watch. Absolutely. A- AMC, a- AMC is AMC a muscle car? Did AMC make a true muscle car? Do you think the the AMX is a is a true muscle car? It's a two seater uh, alongside the Vet. It's the only American made you know company did a two seater back in the day. Um, is that a muscle car? High performance, three ninety. So I think it had you know. 375 horsepower or something at, at their highest rain, rating. Do, do you consider an AMX a muscle car bird? Yeah, I, I throw that in there. I wouldn't give anybody two, two shakes that uh, claim to have a muscle car AMX. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I okay. do. I'd say bring absolutely. it. Bring it. They're a very underrated car. You never hear about them. You never see them in, in muscle car swaps, meets. Um, but, you know, Phil, you said you had one out there and it was turning some heads. Oh, absolutely. Well, AMX is... It's kind of like those those odd Mopar guys, right? They're just sort of out there on their own, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, the people that love them love them. Everybody else just kind of goes, "Okay, cool." You're looking at the wrong cars, right, Willie? If that's the action you're getting, you're looking at the wrong Mopars. <laughs> no doubt. Speaking uh, of Mopars, Phil, do, do you see, you know, as a, as a brand, what what brand, in your opinion, has the strongest? muscle car offering it's honestly hard to beat chevrolet when you look at it but um this ford is this ford have it with a you know maybe a fair lane uh um you know a, a fastback torino a galaxy, a, a or... mustang um they, they got a few options out there oh, what do you think who has as a brand who has the best overall muscle car offerings well and you bring up a great point i think all three brands have represented the muscle car hobby really well. And we're lucky to be living in a time when we can go out and buy and enjoy a ZL1, a Hellcat, or any of the Mustang offerings. And that was the part of the show that was probably the funnest, was watching people get a better uh, handle on how bad these new cars were as far as being badass. And there were a couple of drag packs running in super stock and uh, a couple of Copos. And they were yanking the wheels off the ground like everything else. And I think we're just lucky as a a group to be into muscle cars because there's so much retro stuff coming into the market that we can enjoy. And it's furthering uh, the longevity of all of this. So I think we're very, very lucky that way. You you can almost say longevity is the the true tell of the tape um, because you look at the cars that have had this massive resurgence, obviously the Mustang, um, the GT 350, GT 500, uh, the old Super Snake. Remember those came out and just, you know, I think they were first like 625 horsepower, some 700 ballpark. It was nuts. Um, you look at what Dodge did with the Hellcats, both the Charger and the Challenger, that that big, you know, resurgence in that brand. Uh, and you got to look at the Copo Camaros and, and you know, even the – uh, Camaros of, of modern era, they resemble the old muscle cars and what they've rebadged. Even the Corvette still tried and true. Um, so it's it's cool to see the modern offerings reflect the old style badging and some of the style lines. Um, but really, probably the, the most epic cars are the ones that still have models being made today. Oh, I would agree with you. Yep. It, it, hey, and speaking of that, what do you think of that Dodge challenger srt 170 the 1025 horsepower zero to 60 in 1.6 seconds <laughs> I, I think unless you're a drag racer that knows what you're doing 
you probably ought to hide the keys to that car because a thousand horsepower right out of the gate. People think they can handle that. Willie, you're a drag racer. Yeah, man. You know, you better sticky track and you better have a straight place to go with that car because that, that car is going to get you in trouble in a hurry if you don't know what you're doing. So, Phil, any guess as to where the where the price point is on those cars above the suggested retail price of one hundred thousand three hundred sixty one dollars? Yeah, it's it's a hundred thousand dollar addendum if you want to get on the list. The, it, well, here in, in Colorado is two hundred. Wow, they're paying two hundred thousand. I talked to a couple of dealers. I talked to some big in people at Mopar this week. The local dealer here had a customer come in, drop two hundred over the MSRP of a hundred thousand three hundred sixty-one. The other Brandon Dodge dealership here, same thing. Uh, when I spoke with some bigger guys up in the Mopar branch, because I was calling around saying, "Hey, what's a lonely radio slash TV guy got to do to get his name on that? And can I get one at the suggested retail price? Because I could probably figure out a way to make that work." Well, he said, he said, A, it's impossible, and B, they're not limiting the markup where, you know, all these dealers are tacking on additional, you know, 150 to 200,000 uh, everywhere you go. And man, let me tell you, they are, they're getting it. They are getting it, which is insane. It's insane to think that car is going to increase in value that much, but that shows you the potential of where modern muscle cars are at right now. Did they say how many they're going to make available? So the first run is 3,000. 3,000 and they, they yeah. might do more than that or yeah they're going to look to do more than that but they're guaranteeing the first run of 3,000 so they're already spoken for you had to get on that that list ASAP and that's why the price spiked up to 200,000 over MSRP um, they, they expect to make another run after the first 3,000 uh, it will be less but they're trying to get another 2,000 to 2,500 out but yeah man maybe 5,500 of them to hit the market before it's all said and done well, think about the time period we're at where things are shifting over to EV and, you know, some of these might be the very end of, right, this, you know, 50-year, 60-year era. Um, so anybody that, you know, got to have one, I could see, you know, God, 200 grand, that's a, that's a lot of extra, There's but I could see really wanting. $300,000. Yeah, and then from a collector, yeah, from a collector standpoint, you know, that's probably the one to collect, but yeah, to drop 300K... Right on that thing. Wow. They already have that car out. And th did you see they, they sneezed on that and made 1,400 horsepower, but they couldn't put a warranty or anything with it. So that there's, there's a lot left potential-wise. And it just shows you where, you know, sky's the limit. Phil, did you ever think, and Kevin, you've been in this industry. You've, you've been at Ford for a long time. You ever think we'd see 1,000 horsepower from the factory cars? <laughs> like, what, is, what a goofy scenario we're living in right now. It's wonderful. I'll tell you that, <laughs> but I did not dream that it would happen, you know, because we've talked before, it's been this evolutionary, especially naturally aspirated, right? You can only move the needle, you know, 25, 30, 50 horsepower at a time, you know, so you're just crawling and all of a sudden we got into these, uh, you know, blowers and whatnot and turbos and, and uh, man, we had this knob we could just go and just crank up. Uh, very unexpectedly, I had no idea we could see a thousand horsepower. Now, just the, you know, the year or two or three ago, maybe I could see the projection, but man, go back ten years, you know that 05, or sorry, 06 era when we had the LS7 at five hundred and five horsepower, like that was such a monumental moment to get a NA five hundred, you know, in right. a somewhat affordable car, and then to have that double, like yeah. literally double in horsepower from an incredibly high historic number. Yeah, it 
Phil, in your lifetime, did you ever think we'd be seeing thousand horsepower cars offered from a factory dealership or walk in and buy it scenario? Well, I, you know, I didn't think that you would see that from the manufacturer, but I think what's led us to that is these tuners have gotten so sharp with the technology that they're able to squeeze that out of these cars without a whole lot of trouble. And the manufacturer's now learning from their customer. And at the end of the day, the customer, the new customer is going to be win, be, winning because the technology is right there before them and it's usable, reliable horsepower. And, yeah, and with that tr traction control and all the things you can put in one of these cars, it can make a bad driver good if you'll just use the technology. So, yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> Dude, zero to 60 in 1.66 seconds, Bird. That's amazing. 1.6 seconds, zero to 60. Uh, in a car you buy from a dealership, bro. <laughs> That's like a wheels up. That's a wheels up number right yeah, there, you know? Yeah, yeah it is, man. <laughs> we're talking more muscle cars. That's looking skyward. Oh, hey, man. Yeah. Uh, we're talking more muscle cars. What do you think the top 10, 15, 20 muscle cars of all time are? We're going to put together a list coming up next. Quick break. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. We're back after it. Kevin Bird, Willie B. See you after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today we're talking muscle cars. Muscle cars have this iconic appeal, this, you know, old school nostalgic feel and the lines, the interior, the way they sound when you shut the door. The way it fires up, the way it starts up. That starter alone has a very unique sound. I can tell a Dodge, you know, starter from, from anything else starting out there for sure in the parking lot. But when it comes to how cool these cars can really get, man, uh, it's hard to list the top 10. It's hard to come up with a top 15 list because, you know, nowadays the spectrum has widened. As we were speaking before, a lot of cars from that era have quickly become really cool because you're able to increase performance and get that muscle car sort of feel and sort of dogma in a station wagon which may not be considered a muscle car but from that era with the right stance and the right wheels all of a sudden yeah it's a muscle car it's just a different one you know so it's really cool to see these old cars come to life again uh with these modern drivetrains and drivability yeah and i i love that it's getting bigger you know um some people can get sort of hyper focused on what they loved 50 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever it is. Uh, they've got their favorite back then, but I, I am just so excited about all these new creations that we talked about earlier. Uh, once you can add, you know, so many people are getting so more talented shops and even individuals in their home garage, they can do wide bodies, they can do tubbing, they can fit big tires, they can, you know, drop chassis underneath vehicles, you know, different powertrains. Now you can take something, you know, literally with a four cylinder and throw some mega boost on it and at least make some decent power to make a cool cool car out of uh so i think it's growing and growing now i wouldn't put all those in muscle car category but just from the scene in general uh to me bigger is better i love all the different flavors that people are bringing to the table yeah man all right so if you had to say top five muscle cars and you don't have to get year specific i'll even take in my opinion I, i'd rank for example the first gen Camaros as a group, you know, because really whether it's a 67 or 69, you know, it's still a first gen Camaro. You know what I'm saying? Um, same way with 68 through 70 Dodge Charger. Um, uh, and, and Phil, what do you think, man? Throw your two cents at it. When it comes to iconic muscle cars, being a guy that runs an event called Muscle Cars at the Strip, 
watching these things come in over the years, I'm sure there's cars that you see that attract the crowd every single time they show up at the track and probably some that all of a sudden gain a lot more notoriety, a lot more oh wows and a lot more, I can't believe you built this. So any surprises on your top five list? What do you got? Well, you, you've always got to put a, a e-body uh, Mopar on that list. But the car that I see people, a lot of them doing, and it's a car that you've built, Willie, is a Super B. Yeah. With the right car sitting down in the weeds, uh, that car becomes takes on a whole another persona. Yeah, there's something about that grill and, and just the way that car looks. And you know what? That's an underrated B-body car car a lot of people forget about the super b because it was so taken aback by the roadrunner the plymouth guys launched the roadrunner the dodge guys were well behind it they saw how how popular the roadrunner sales were so they came up with the design team was like hey we need a budget-based you know competition because plymouth is is busting our button and sales numbers so the dodge team came up with the super b and never caught the roadrunner um, but it is a car that kind of flies under the radar a little bit when you're thinking about old school Dodges and, and Chryslers. The Super B is a badass car, cool lines, really cool stance. Um, and a, a couple years, specifically the 69, and you know, I, I think it's just a nasty looking car, man. So, yeah, wicked, wicked car to think about. Um, any other offerings on there that, that I don't know, um, wow people beyond uh, what you would normally think? Well, I, I think you got to throw the Torino in there too, because Mustang did the same effect to the that you're talking about in the Mopar world with the Roadrunner, but uh, a Torino done right, and even a Ranchero, uh, those those can be made into really good looking cars with the the right accessories added to them and the right project in mind. So, yeah, there's a few yeah. cars that yeah. um, you know, e even if you don't go to the nines. But just getting, you know, the right wheel set and stance on them, you know, a little bit of cleanup here and there. And all of a sudden, you know, it's one that you may have overlooked before, but you kind of go, huh, I can see it, you know. All right. Is is a Corvette a muscle car? Because you don't think of it as modern muscle today, but you take a, you know, the split window, you know, uh, 63 Corvette, you take a 67 Corvette and stick it out there and. And man, all of a sudden, you know, you got a muscle car dream for a lot of people come true. Uh, is a Corvette a, a muscle car? Is this a question for dummies? I think absolutely. <laughs> Kevin? So I was going to nuance it a little bit. Uh, I, I would let it pass as a muscle car. I'd say maybe as new, it's more sports car. But once they get older, then they fall behind on performance relative to what our scale is. So they just sort of you know, fade into the muscle car category if I was to sure. parse it up, but otherwise muscle car. Okay. Is a Pantera a muscle car? Oh, I was thinking about that one too. So I, oh, that's, that's even more, I think, edging into that sports car slash maybe exotic. Yeah. I kind of wonder where that line is because, you know, I Googled top muscle cars uh, from the sixties and seventies and surprising, a couple cars on there on the list were, uh, you know, they had the Shelby GT uh, Cobra, which I, I get. I just I don't know if I lump that in with muscle cars, almost sport cars. Um, but they had a 67 Shelby Cobra 427 Super Snake. And you know what? Everybody I know would love to have one. I don't know if I consider it a muscle car because I, I just I couldn't see that as a car that's in a grocery store parking lot as a kid growing up, you know. 
but but maybe. Yeah, like I said, you know, there was certain persona that I have of, um, you know, being a little bit of attainable, you know, kind of the working man's car is a muscle car, but you know, that might be even a stretch, right? I might be, I might be carving it up too small. Um, you know, when you start to get the more expensive and the more exotic and the more, you know, sports car, the two seater onlys. Um, but again, I, I'm, I'm pretty open. I can let things fly, yeah. you know, especially when you look backwards and, um, you know, you're, you're starting to bunch things together a little bit more. If you go to the lot right now, would you call a, a Z06 a, a muscle car? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. But, you know, in another 20 years, I probably would. You yeah, know? that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, so I, 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 see the, I see the logic in that. All right, so give me your top five list, and, you know, we could reel off a few cars just outside that top five bubble that we could debate on forever. But what for you, your top five muscle cars in order, five, four, three, two, and one. Mm, I don't know if I got them in order because I go back and forth a lot. I'll, I'll throw them out, uh, at least the, the top couple that I really dig. And, and, you know, it's all personal preference and what gets imprinted at the right moment in time in your life. But I, I, I love the first-gen Camaros. I love the, the early Mustang, the Fastbacks. Definitely the 65.6 and 69.70 Fastbacks are my favorites. Uh, the early, like 64 GTOs, the early Chevelles. Uh, like the 66s, I, I dig. Um, I am a fan of the Charger. I'll give you that. Right, <laughs> I know right, that's right. on the top of your list. So I, I got that on mine as well. Um, I'm, I'm going to roll a little bit further. I, I do like a lot of the Corvettes, the early ones. I like the late 50s, early 60s, all the way through, you know, 69-ish, 70. Okay. Uh, I love any one of those. Uh, I think they're great. Um yeah, I'll, I'll, the Cudas are awesome too. Man, God, there's so many. And who wouldn't want to have a Cobra, you know? <laughs> and obviously there's uh, replicas, but like Daytona Coupes, man. Yeah, dude, you know? Daytona Coupe would be sick, but not that's a muscle a car. Ride. Yeah, that's a dreamer's car. That's not a muscle <laughs> Phil, you got a top five, top ten list. Where you at, man? I'm going to be politically correct to say I like a ball. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I have oh, a hard come time on. leaving something off. Do you like a cougar? Come on. <laughs> Give us a stream of consciousness. Uh, Rattle off just the ones that float up to the top. First one would be a 71 Hemi Cuda. There you go. Okay. Yeah. That has to be on. And we were Mopar dealers. So that as a kid, a 71 Cuda, a 69 Charger, uh, any of the Fastback Mustangs. These are all generic, but the that uh, all of the first gen Camaros and uh, I'm going to put an AMX on that list. Oh, really? Oh, AMX. Wow. wow. Okay. I see where you're, I see where you're landing. Okay. All right. That's, that's, um, that's a, a surprise for me, but okay. Not, not a bad list. Mine. Let's see. One, two, three, eight. Um, you know, the, the, the number 10 and nine spot could be just about anything. Um, I got mopped up in my brother's Camaro one time. My brother didn't want to race this this guy in this fastback Ford Torino GT. Um, and man, from a roll, I could get him from a dig, but in Winchester, Kentucky on um, I-65, there were two overpass bridges that were exactly a quarter mile. So nobody would be on the highway, but we never started from a dig. We always were doing a little row race. And I remember my brother had this 74 Camaro. He's a little bit afraid to race it. I was like, I'll take this dude out for you. Man, I go and we start from a row, 
And that dude climbs all over me about eighth of a mile down and stretched me by a bus link uh, by the time that, that second overpass. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm like, we got to do that again. I got to come at it a little slower. So we left from a little closer to a dig, made a little bit more of a race at it. But again, once that big block forward started rolling, man, that thing was breathing. And it rolled by me again. So I gained a little respect. I put that at number 10. Um, I'd put, you know, this can be wild, but I'd put second gen Camaros in the ranking here somewhere in that eighth, ninth spot because I love a, a 70, 71 72, 73 Camaro. Um, split bumpers, I think, are bad, badass, sexy cars. Um, this is going to surprise you, my next listing, uh, an 87 Buick GNX. Um, so that car is just unbelievable. Even though it's a six-cylinder, even though it's a Buick, uh, it really is just, it's, it's just an amazing car. Um, next on the list, uh, another Buick, the Stage 1 um, the Buick Stage 1 was a legit fast car. If you look up fastest muscle cars, um, the Hemi Scat Pack uh, Dart, I believe, was number one. Uh, and the, uh, the Stage 1, the Buick Stage 1, was right behind it. Now, right behind there, I got all the 68 through 73 Corvettes. I'm not as much of the early Corvette fan as I am, you know, that sharp cutoff on the back uh, and the, the plastic front bumper with no, no metal on it. So I really like the 68 through 73 uh, Corvettes. I think those are wicked sharp. Next, I got to go with that, the E-body, my 70, 71, 72 Barracudas and, and Challengers. I, I think that falls into that number five spot for me, and this is where it gets difficult after this. So number four, number three, I've got right at this righteous tie. Um, believe it or not, I, I give it – they could go either way, but I'm, I'm going to give the 68 through 70 Chevelles um, the number four spot just because I, I, I'm a big fan. I actually was looking for those cars when I found my 71 Dodge Charger when I was 16. Um, the next car I'm going to give you a nod to is going to surprise you. Um, it's the 68 and 69 uh, Mustang 428 Cobra Jet, fastback. Just, dude, that car is sick, man. Uh, I clown on Mustangs all the time because I used to always get beat by them and always have to race them and everything I ever did. And all my buddies raced Mustangs. It was just brutal as the only Dodge guy in the camp. Um, so, yeah, th that Mustang's legit. Um, they're worth big money, uh, and they always turn, turn heads. Um, the next one, number two for me, is really number one. I, I think by far this is the most gorgeous car ever created. Um, and I, what number two? Yeah, yeah. Where are you going with this, yeah, Willie? The, You're shaking me up the, here. I was not expecting the, I, the, <laughs> the 68 through 70 Dodge Chargers and the what? Superbirds and the uh, the Daytonas. I lump all them number in together. Two? Yeah, number two. Oh, now, number if two? it was just if I was oh, just voting gosh. for me, I'm just thinking overall people out there. Um, I think the 68 through 70 Dodge Charger. Um, the second I'm on the edge of my seat, man. Most, I'm on the edge of my seat for your number most one. Most iconic muscle car out there. Number one on my list, but as far as most iconic muscle car, I think number one has to belong, unfortunately, to the first gen Camaro. Wow. Um, I think the first gen Camaro is just an unbelievable platform. True to this day, everybody loves a first gen Camaro. They always command attention. They always are a car people, you know, dream about having, driving, owning. 
Uh, and as much as I love the Dodge Chargers, um, there is something about a first-gen Camaro that every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the world wants one, loves one, would die to own one. I think that is the most nostalgic muscle car uh, in the world today. So there you go, my top 10 list. <laughs> so right yeah, on. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still surprised. I'm blown away that uh, you, you let, even, even if you're thinking globally here, that you let the, the Charger fall down a, well, a rank know, there. But, but, for but me, Charger's are, number one. It. But, yeah, but yeah. It just as an unbelievably iconic, insane muscle car that defines the era, I'll give it to the, the first in Camaro. They really had something unique there. It's and, hard to find anybody that does not like that first gen. And it's weird when you look at one, um, you know, there's so many other car shapes that are, I don't know, more exaggerated in some fashion that, that make you think speed or fast or powerful or whatever, but there's just something yeah. graceful and iconic about that, that silhouette, that profile. Yeah, man. You know, it is, it's weird. It's, it's one of a kind and it's, uh, it's cool. I, I, I love them. And, uh, yeah, they're badass. Not as cool to me as a Charger, but iconic is, <laughs> is, is the word for sure that, uh, that defines muscle cars. So, hey, Phil, where do people find out more about muscle cars on the Strip? Give us the ins and outs. Well, on Instagram and Facebook, it's at MatsLV. And then our website is www.matslv.com. All right, man. Hey, one of these years when you do muscle cars at the Strip, we'll bring a couple of two guys' garage muscle cars out there and let them eat, let them rip. I know Kevin's working on a really cool Mustang. Uh, no surprise there. And I might have a Super B uh, knocking down some sixes by then. So can't wait to hear from you. Keep it up and uh, appreciate all you do in the muscle car world, my friend. Thank you. All right, man. And don't forget about our show, Eric Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. We work on a lot of muscle cars there, hopefully more to come. Um, so, yeah, man. And you know what? Not one of us had a truck in there. Surprising. Uh, you know what? We'll have to do trucks on the list one day. Um, all right. Don't forget about that show, Eric Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is our streaming format. Easy way to find us. Thanks for our guest, Phil Painter. Uh, our producer, Scoop. Executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. Man, we're everywhere. Social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast. It's copyrighted 2023, Brenton Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Seriously, though, man. You know what none of us had in there, too? The Nova. Oh, yeah. You know, the Nova's know underrated, man. Nova's underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's one of those that at one moment you look at it and you're like, oh, that's pretty sweet. And then you look at it again and you're like, but there's some other cooler cars. I'd rather have this one or that one. You right, know, it's right. always like right in that kind of two or three down. Yeah. You know, just still outside a great the car. Yeah. Just barely like riding on the edge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like a, like a Dodge Demon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. The old dusters. Exactly. You know, it's like, yep. yeah, it's right on that edge. <laughs> still right. cool, but it's not your favorite. It's not your top. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. We'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.